Welcome to Torn Stubbs, the Trash Movie Podcast with me, Robert Gershenson, photographer and creative director of Trash, which can be found at movetotrash.co.uk and Joshua Winning, the greatest film critic you have never heard of. And we're going to the movies. Joshua and I have a big old shared film knowledge, but there are always gaps that need to be filled. So for this episode, I've recommended a film that Joshua's not yet seen. For this episode, I chose Falling Down, directed by Joel Schumacher. William Foster, played by Michael Douglas, is stuck in traffic, feeling the pressure of the LA heat. He snaps and abandons his car on the freeway and begins to walk across town towards the home he once shared with his ex-wife in order to celebrate the birthday of his estranged daughter. Along the way, he encounters a cross-section of lower-class society, giving us an insight not only into America in the early 90s, but also into his slowly unravelling psyche. Closing in on his path of destruction is police detective Prendergast, played by Robert Duval, who is one day away from retirement and has a burning desire to solve one last case to earn true validation from his colleagues and his wife. This is a film that whenever it was on when I was a kid, you know when you're like flipping through the channels and boom, there's a film on. If this film was on, I just had to watch it, regardless of where it was in, in you know, in, in the schedule. When, whenever I clicked onto it, if it was halfway through, if it was right at the beginning, I had to watch it. Another one of these sort of films was um, Trading Places, but <laughs> two very different films. But this, I just fucking love, fucking love this movie. It is, you just get this, this, feeling of constant pressure of constant the heat and the constant tension between Michael Douglas character who who essentially uh, represents America and all the different elements of society that he comes into contact with and the tension it's such a tense film and I I fucking love it I'll never ever tire of this movie but I'm guessing by the way I'm guessing by the way you're looking at me that you did not like this I really really wanted to like this because the opening scene uh, where uh, William defends faster yeah. is sitting in his car and he's like gradually getting more and more kind of stressed out by this traffic jam this roadblock because there's like supposedly there's some kind of like road work going on down yeah. the freeway which we find out later on is yeah right and and it's like you there's like close-ups of um kids in the cars banging windows and there's close-ups of uh guys turning their radios up and there's, and a, like, fly and, there's a fly buzzing yeah. around and you can just you completely feel why you understand why he would abandon the car like that's the only logical thing to do is to go i don't fucking like this situation i'm going to get out of it so i'm going to leave my car yeah and that seems like a very sane choice but society says you don't leave your car, um, so it's kind of a very interesting kind of dichotomy that he's he, that he's in the middle of, and he chooses to leave it, and that's really interesting. And it's like, yeah, fuck yeah, because the number of times I've been on a packed tube, thinking this is not my life, this is not my life, I can't <laughs> believe I am choosing to stand on a packed train with someone's elbow in my face, and like. You know, just it's just horrific sometimes. And so we all identify with, with William's frustration and decision not to play by the rules. That said, I felt the message was so muddled. I've, I felt like, even though the film is really, really relevant in, in a lot of ways, because, it, you know, William is, is a, essentially he's a racist. He, he hates the, the Korean shop owner and he kind of rants about, you have any idea how much money our country has given to Korea and things like this, which is horrific. 
but it taps into that really anti-Brexit feeling where people are really angry about this perceived invasion, which, I mean, personal level, I don't see it as an invasion. I think it's utterly ridiculous. But that, but this film does tap into that. It's, it's white-collar America. Just where, it's just happened now yeah, with, with yeah. Trump. Yeah, I, yeah, it is. I just found it really uncomfortable for a number of reasons that I don't think that were intended. So there's 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 a, a, a white guy going around town shooting things up with a machine gun, which in our like woke generation is it's just so kind of woke. yeah we're just so woke i just found that really uncomfortable it, it was like it just reminded me of everything that's awful about america um and it's like well this guy are we meant to be identifying with william because he's fighting back or we can't because he's armed and he's dangerous um so even though he's he's acting out our own kind of inner frustrations He's not doing it in a particularly constructive way. <laughs> I don't know if we are meant to identify with him. Well, that's I was confused about that. I didn't understand what we were supposed to be doing with this film. I mean, I don't, I, do we have a... Does there have to be a message in a movie or can we just watch someone unravel and, yeah. and, and, and take away from that what we want? But there, I don't think there has to be a message. Um, and do we have to necessarily identify with the main character? If anyone, maybe we would more identify with the Robert Duval character. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But and in a way, that that if you break it down to what each character wants, hmm. they want the same thing. But uh, yeah, their their perceived enemy are two very different people. Michael Douglas wants validation from. Well, he wants validation from his ex-wife. He wants maybe v- validation from himself and. He definitely feels hard done by because, you know, he's done whatever that defense work was for the government and then he was cut off and cast aside. So he wants validation from his government, from his country that he feels he's contributed to, which is why he had a go at Mr. Lee. Mm. And Prendergast wants validation from his colleagues and he wants validation from his wife. Yeah, I just felt like it could have played a far more interesting and subtle game with William where because all the thing all the things he's frustrated with and by are things that you can identify with on an emotional level I think like what so so things like when there is actually a fantastic scene where he goes into a fast food restaurant and he gets gets really pissed off at the false advertising (laughs) where there's that pathetic burger that he gets given I mean this is what I'm talking about yeah everyone's juicy and succulent and look at this (laughs) pathetic Exactly. I, when I when I studied business studies at college, we did a a, a, a unit on customer service. <laughs> the lecturer used that entire scene. No way. To identify how you give and how you don't give either good or bad customer service. Oh my god. Yeah. Bloody hell. So that's so they used basically a, a renegade psychopath as yeah. a good example. Wait, is he a psychopath or is he just someone pushed to the edge? He's like you said when yeah. you stand on that that hot tube and you think. This is not my life. Mm-hmm. There's, isn't there a little part of you that thinks the guy that stood next to you sweating and, and just being really inconsiderate, do you not just want to give him a fucking elbow in the <laughs> eye? I feel like now you're over But the, But there but, is a very uh, fine yeah. line between, yeah, God, yeah, there is. B- between being Prendergast, who is a, a, a by-the-book policeman. Mm. He's a desk jockey. He, he follows the rules. And being Michael Douglas' character, do you ferns? There's a very fine line and all it takes is you to snap and yeah. you become Michael Douglas. Yeah. 
but I just didn't understand. I just didn't get how he was kind of a, an anti-hero, but also he's a villain. And like he says at the end, oh, I'm the bad guy. How did that happen? Like, wait, when did that happen? And you, um, that's a great line. But does anyone think they're the bad guy? Well, yeah, exactly. Like that's the thing is one man. The baddie, baddies always just have really specific uh, kind of uh, motivations. I guess <laughs> I don't know. Like one man's but... freedom fighter is another man's terrorist. Yeah, so yeah, yeah Someone's exactly. always going to think they're the bad guy. Someone's always going to think they're the good guy. Yeah, but the reason that I found it really uncomfortable is that okay, if we're supposed to identify with him and understand him and and feel like we are in in some way him um i find it very uncomfortable that the only way to make him look good is to put him in a room with a racist homophobic sexist nazi like that's the only possible way they could make him look less of a villain is by putting him in a shop with somebody who is basically satan like that's the only way they could do that. That's the only reason that character exists is to go. No, look, this guy's evil. Michael Douglas's character isn't evil. He's just kind of like a little bit misguided. But then he's still going out shooting people, and he's still. But he he shot the guys who shot at him. He shot the guy's leg. Yeah, but he he still shot him in the leg. But they, yeah. you know, they he was just sat there fixing his shoe, minding his own business on their turf. Mm-hmm. So he was taking his just revenge, you could say. Does that make him bad or does that just make him human? I, d- I don't know. I just think that anything involving guns ain't good news, basically. So it's, I mean, it was a very... I know it's relatable now, but I think this, is, this film is very specific to LA in the, in the early 90s. Mm. The, the race oh, yeah. tensions, the, uh, the race riots... Um, Rodney King. Yeah, because it was shot at the same time as the LA riots. Yes. So that kind of filtered into the the making of the film. And it is downtown. It is very. Yeah. It is very like, I mean, it's shot in 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 shitholes essentially. Yeah. Really run down. Well, it's shitty... Venice Beach, isn't it? Is like, that Venice... Some of it is based around Venice Beach. Yeah. Is that which now is? is really nice. Yeah. So it's it's very, you know, there's there's a real economic. It's shitty economic. Mm. Um, slant to the whole thing like the the black guy who is the black version of michael douglas character he's even wearing the same short sleeve white <laughs> shirt with the black tie and he's saying yeah. i'm not economically viable the guy outside the bank yeah yeah he is another version of michael douglas so it's all the film is is littered with versions of the same person mm. but because of certain attributes whether they're black or whether they have money, or whether they have supposed authority, they have a different status within society. Mm. So, if one person is completely oppressed, then are they just are they you know are they are they validated and just to take their revenge, or not even their in, in the case of the guy outside the bank, he's 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 rebelling against the system, and he gets taken away by the police. One of which is looks Latino, and one mm. of which is black. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that they did that because I, I what took him away. No, I'm glad. That, <laughs> I love capitalism. <laughs> I'm glad that they that they kind of visually cleared up that that um, that William isn't a racist because there's 
I was that's what made it uncomfortable in the beginning is that you just felt like well maybe this guy actually is a racist and you know when he saw the guy outside the bank I was like oh god what's he gonna do like but there's a there's know, a identification but there's an understanding there, he, yeah he completely identifies with that guy yeah I think the problem one of the big problems I had was I could imagine the script meetings about this film and I could imagine the way that they decided to rewrite certain bits in order to justify other bits of the script like what so the bits where the gender politics is quite odd where the uh, robert duval's cop is yes his wife is at home and unwell but he still expects her to have dinner ready for him when he gets home and is that a generational thing though maybe but it still didn't as you know it just still didn't feel right and it's like so did they decide to justify that by giving us a, a female cop and being like, look, women can be cops as well. <laughs> but, you have, but this film's 26 years old now. Are you, yeah. You're looking at this with 2017, 2018 eyes. I am. I'm one of those pathetic woke generations who destroys everything. Like <laughs> those, people, woke. those people who are like, oh my God, Friends is like so homophobic and sexist and stuff. You're getting triggered. That's what you're yeah. getting. <laughs> <laughs> you Essentially. You are getting triggered. I think I probably would have loved this if I'd seen it 10 years ago. But watching, yeah. but watching it now, I think that I'm just far too enlightened. But you yeah. can watch Friends. Like, I, like I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I because mentioned I watched on one of the other podcasts. I've, I've just watched all of seasons one through to ten of Friends. And there are things in there that you think, oh, Ouch. I just wouldn't get away with that now. And it's bizarre yeah. when I watch things like, you know, like Alf Garnet. Do you know Alf Garnet? No. So he was a, a, a comedy character. Uh, played by Warren Mitchell in the 70s and 80s. And it was all like, oh, my father-in-law or that N-word next door, mm-hmm. which seemed to be acceptable in the 70s. But mm. as you move on now, no, it's not acceptable. And yeah. even elements of 40 Towers I was is gonna say, not acceptable now. Because he's, he's a joke. Just Manuel bizarre. is a joke. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just bizarre that Friends has now moved into that realm where certain things are not acceptable. Yeah. But, it's a, but they should remain because it is a pure sign of the times it's a document of the times yeah yeah and i think as as far as joel schumacher's non-batman movies this is his best this is him completely restrained um completely controlled and completely at the top of his his story his visual storytelling games because it's not overly flashy Mm. but the cinematography in this film is brilliant that first shot is and uh, like a claustrophobic tight shot of Michael Douglas. Then it, the camera pulls out and it starts maneuvering through the traffic and around the car and to this car and that car. And that is that is someone with either um, the the camera on a crane or a steady cam shot. But it's not a computer generated shot and it's not yeah. a computer controlled shot either. That is genuine hand to eye and focus puller coordination. And it's yeah. brilliant. It's breathtaking. This is this is essentially is Joel Schumacher's Schindler's List. It's it's, <laughs> it's like he did he did Lost Boys, which was obviously a cult phenomenon and is fantastic. Um, before that, he done St Elmo's Flat Fire. After that, he did Flatliners. Oh, I love St Elmo's Fire. St Elmo's Fire is awful, oh, awful, awful film. But he did this, and then he did The Client, which was kind of another kind of grown up legal drama, and then he kind of dove into the Batman's. And eight millimeters and Tigerland and a phone booth. And phone booth, phone is, booth was phone all right. booth is similar to this. It's yeah, very low yeah. Key. It's very much man on the edge. Yeah, but it's very much cap, like 
tense cam replacement yeah. and keeping that tension like like a like a like a elastic band that just gets pulled and pulled but never mm. seems to snap and you think it's going to snap but it doesn't snap and it's just yeah. oh, it's just so tense this film yeah. and i would always be on the edge even though i've seen it countless times i would always always be on the edge of my seat michael mm. douglas this for me is there's three roles that for me define michael douglas and this is the top one so this is i think i don't think he's been better ever mm. than this this is the film that was almost like he was destined to be in because <laughs> he is a fan when he's on form he is a fantastic actor he's just done a lot of shit so there's this there's basic instinct and then there's a, a little known film called wonder boys oh yeah i know that film. where he plays a and it's so he's a professor three really different roles mm. like three like in this one he's he's unhinged but like psychologically subtly mm. and it, it's like he's unraveling and then halfway through he can in this one he finds that calm and then he unravels some more in basic instinct this is like his nick cage film i think and nick cage, nick does cage when, when when he's he, good he yeah, does that like, very um, well like bad lieutenant bad lieutenant oh, fucking hell get out of my head Joshua. <laughs> <laughs> get out of my mind schwartz um um basic instinct which Fantastic. is a guy who is literally dragged down a rabbit hole and he's scrambling to get out. Mm -hmm. And Wonder Boys is his... That character is so pathetic <laughs> where he's this writer who's had this massive... I don't want to give you anxiety, but he's a writer who's had a massive hit with a book and he's struggling to get that second book out. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't want to give you anxiety, but those are three incredibly different roles yeah and he aces each and every single one he is a fantastic actor and it's a shame that he's now slumming it in things like ant-man is he slumming it in ant-man i don't know if he's slumming it he's slumming it in i think he was pretty good in that compared to this compared to no Basic yeah Instinct. well but the thing is he doesn't get a chance with a film like ant-man to actually because he's not the star of the show no he's not the cgi is the star of the show in ant-man so that's what that is. But Pixel. he almost didn't do this. This is his favorite. This is Michael Douglas's favorite film that he's done. But he almost didn't do it because Why? he he just done Basic Instinct. And I think he was like, oh, I think I'm going to take a break because he'd made like seven films in two, three years or something. Yeah. Which, okay, fair enough. This is at the peak. Take a break. Peak. So maybe he actually was William. Where he was just like, maybe. I need to take a break. <laughs> but I, oh my God, I'm working so hard. I love that section in, in, he, in the middle where he's, 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 he's kind of, his tension has unraveled and he's got so tense that he's, he's killed, it's that bloody tea again. <laughs> he's, he's got so tense and he's killed the Nazi guy. And yeah. then the next thing, he's calling the ex-wife and he's saying, who are you on the phone to? A while ago, I tried to phone. And the camera's a little bit away from him and it's on the other side of all these like um, warehouse style shelves. And you can see that something's changed. He's got a different shirt on but it's more than that he's serene he's found this mm. this calmness and it's almost like him saying this is me well he's justified himself because he's kind of gone i'm not a nazi i'm a good guy like but the nazi has kind of has kind of enabled him in some way to but unleash no, his own crazy more than that i think it's him saying him him kind of on on a on a subconscious level accepting that this nutcase who you see is me mm. the person who i was in the home videos where i'm like oh come and have your birthday cake or mm. whoever i was at work before 
you know, before it started coming out to me, he's accepting this is me because he's so calm and collected and serene. Mm. And then the tension starts building up again. Mm. And he's on the pier and he's like, I'm the bad guy. Mm. But that's a terrifying thing because I don't think he is that guy. I think that's a really tragic kind of conclusion that he's come to that how could he ever know if he is or isn't that guy? He's, he's clearly mentally unwell. He's not thinking clearly in any way. He's had a horrific experience with a Nazi who he's just shot dead. I don't believe that you can come to that conclusion from the, that series of events. I think, it's, I think it's a tragedy. You think the whole thing's a tragedy? I think that him dying at the end is a tragedy. I think, yeah. Do you think if this film was made now, he would have mm. survived? Because I have a theory. I don't, I don't know, actually. I think that... Because it fits, it, it, it eventually it fits into that good overcoming evil and he gets killed by the good cop. So it kind of fits into that. And by the way, when he fell off the pier, I was like, that wasn't Michael Douglas. And it's like, <laughs> you're just so aware now. Nowadays, you're so aware. That was a stunt guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Um, I thought if this was made now, he would have survived. He would have gone over and into the water, but he would have survived. Mm. There would have been a tag at the end. Well, he was floating, so that means he's alive. He was floating face down dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it would have been made by Blumhouse. It would have been made by Blumhouse, and it, and it would have immediately... It would have been a hit, and it would have immediately had a sequel greenlit where he was rebranded as an anti-hero in the Death Proof sense of the word and he would be a reformed character and Mm. they would ring out six sequels where (laughs) he helps people with his rage so he'd be like the 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 modern day punisher he would be yeah it'd be death wish which we yeah there is another one coming out yeah he would be you know a walk among the tombstones he'd be taken it would become a franchise Mm. it it's great that this is a standalone film. It's a beginning, a middle, and an end. We don't need anything from the from after it. There is no more story. And so it didn't it didn't get a sequel or anything because it. I mean, it did okay. It did like forty million, which on is a, all on right. Twenty five million budget. Years ago. So it did fine, but yeah, I guess they just didn't make sequels really to films like this, did they? Unless there was kind of like like. I mean, he, they could have explained that he was alive at the end. Yeah. They could have. Well, they made sequels. I mean, they, what's that? What six or seven Death Wish films? Yeah, Beverly Hills Cop had three of them. <laughs> I've actually never seen any of those. Really? No. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't do it on the podcast. There's nothing much to talk about it. Robert Duval, he is an acting masterclass. <laughs> That guy is just, he's so mesmerizing to watch. And it's so different because whenever I think of Robert Duvall, I think Tom Hagen from the Godfather trilogy. Oh, yeah. He played the, the lawyer who was adopted by the Don. This is as far away from mm. Tom Hagen as possible. Tom Hagen has respect of everyone. Even though he'll never be Don because he's not a blood relative, mm. he has the respect. And his kids in the third one have the respect because he is, they are Tom Hagen's kids. This guy has no... No one respects this guy. Not really. Even even the, the chief says, that thing I asked you before, when I asked you to stay, I just asked that because I meant to. I don't want you to say, you're a fucking terrible cop. I'm <laughs> paraphrasing here. Uh, <laughs> it, pretty much saying, you know, just fuck off. Yeah. He doesn't have the respect of the chief. Yeah. And then you get that great payoff line at the end when he's like, fuck you. Oh yeah, fuck you very much. Yeah. Fuck you very much, chief. But he doesn't have the respect. And he... he, he he plays this... Like, but you don't know why, do you? 
Well, he's just a, a desk jockey. He's taken himself off the mm. oh, off, because off, of his off the street work, because his of wife's the, grief. And... Well, yeah, because the the kid died, and mm. I guess he wanted to please his wife and not die, so he stays out of danger. Which I guess is in this world are cops judged upon how much danger they can avoid yeah yeah i mean the, his his female cop buddy takes a, a sl- takes a slug in the stomach <laughs> but then even he gets to go in and save the day oh it's so cool when he's like chatting to them with the popcorn and then he just quickly flashes his gun just they're opening his jacket oh yeah yeah she's like oh okay now i, know I feel safe on. now he yeah. had i liked his um I liked his chemistry with Rachel Ticketin. Is that the cop? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sandra Torres, who was from Total Recall, our favourite film. <gasps> Fuck, she was. Yeah, yeah. she was. Uh, She's on Mars. Yeah, but who was it? Not Maria. Um, who what was the character called? Oh, can't remember now. Oh, Melina. Melina, Melina, that's <laughs> <in> Melina. <laughs> Two of our favourite films, Rob. Yeah, Melina. Melina, yeah. yes, yes, I do recognise her. But yeah, she was, I mean... She was great. I really liked her. Yeah. I like how she no, kept... Nothing like over, nothing like amazing, nothing over the top. She just plays a really solid, ballsy woman. Yeah, she's not like action cop or anything. She's realistically copy, as yeah. you might say. Oh, the guy that played... <laughs> the guy that played the, the fucking arsehole... Uh, her partner, who gets punched and lands in the cake. Oh, yeah. He reminded me Slimy. of um, Ellis from Die Hard. The guy who's like, Hans, Booby. <laughs> Do you know the one I mean? Yeah, yeah. He gets then killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him. Um, yeah. Kind of a trope character. Like, we need an annoying character who then gets his just desserts. But they're both kind of tropes, like the cop who's going to retire today. Yeah. That kind of, although, but the idea of that is a trope. Yeah. But then Robert Duvall seems to elevate it. But no, mm. no not, actually, it's not just Robert Duvall. The script elevates it. Yeah. Because it's not just Danny Glover in Lethal Weapon. He's actually trying to prove something on his final day, isn't yeah. he? And there's that tension with his wife where she's kind of like, come home. Oh, that woman was annoying. Uh, Michael Douglas' mum in this film. That old woman, Louis, Louis Smith. Lois Smith. Lois Smith. I've met her. Have she's, you? She's Michael Douglas's mum. Not in real life, in the film. Oh. <laughs> God. When did you meet her? I met her in Sundance last year. What was she doing? She was lovely. She did a film called Marjorie Prime. Okay. Um, which she is great in. The film itself is kind of average. But she's she's a great actress. She's, she's really great. She's in Lady Bird. Oh, yeah, she she's the, the nun. nun. Yeah, she's in everything. She was in yeah, True Blood. She was in True Blood, yeah. Um, other stuff that I can't yeah. remember now. Yeah. But yeah, but she, she's one of those faces that... She's, a real, she's got a real tragedy about her. Yeah, just some, she plays... Everything she plays is tragedy. It's, she, yeah, she's phenomenal she, at it. She's in everything. She has the troubled mum slash grandmother market covered. <laughs> <laughs> she was in The Nice Guys. Is Mrs. Glenn? She was, yeah. yeah. She gets with those huge glasses. Yeah, she was, and she was like, she was, oh yeah, because she was like, I want to find my husband. Is yeah. that her? Yeah. Was it no? Was that her? She's. I just love her. Yeah, I want to find my husband. Like, oh wait, maybe that was his funeral or some shit. <laughs> Would you watch this again? Um, now that I know that you love it so much, I think I would. Maybe with a less woke. Approach. <laughs> what does it mean? I don't know. People say it all the time in the office, and I'm just like, yeah, okay. But apparently, woke is like you're awake to like the world's 
stuff. I don't know. You are so <laughs> hip with the kids. Hey, I read a, I read an EW review today about um, Tomb Raider, and they used the word woke in What's their EW? Entertainment Weekly. Oh, yeah, they used the word woke in their review. So clearly, oh, I am down by the intern. That's I'm why. down with the kids. It was written by the fucking intern. The word woke applies to this film, then. No, yeah, you're right, actually, because it it it's almost like he's coming out of this 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 shell this this masquerade that we're all meant to just stand in place and not leave the car on, on mm. the sidewalk. And he's going, no, fuck this. I want my breakfast now, even though it's three minutes past the cutoff time. If it was made now, it would be heavily, heavily sanitized. And I think that would be a disservice. The fact that this film is so close to the bone in terms of its opinions or its perceived opinions towards gay people, towards uh, the lower classes, towards ethnic minorities... It's, it's kind of shocking, but nowadays we get things like Get Out, which is more satire. Mm. And it's not as, as heavy hitting and biting as these kind of subjects maybe need. Yeah, I'm not really sure that we're making this kind of action film at the moment. Is this an action film? I think... I don't yeah. think it is. What, kind of, what do you think it is? I think it's a, a tense thriller. It's a social commentary film. I don't think it's an action film. There's no... There's only one big explosion. There's no mm. one. I mean, it's quite grounded. It's not like Michael Douglas went, ch -ch, I'm yeah. getting my revenge. Yeah. He's not walking away from the, you know, the, the, the explosion. He didn't even meet. I mean, he didn't know how to use yeah, yeah. the bazooka and he didn't even know that he was going to shoot it down the pipes. It yeah. was like an accident. And he yeah. was like shocked when it exploded. And he didn't know that, you know, it's, it's just, it's, 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 it's just a uh, sensitive trigger. It's just a sensitive trigger, which is pretty much, now, sensitive trigger. Everyone gets triggered. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Falling Down, directed by Joel Schumacher. What do you think? Let us know on Twitter, at Torn Stubbs Pod. We're also gathering these things called five-star ratings. So if you want to give us a five-star rating, please do. On Apple Podcasts. We're off to Whammy Burger for breakfast. Until next time, I remain Robert Gershenson. I'm Joshua Winning. Cut! <laughs>